0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Force Proximity. I'm Jonathan, and with me is my wife, Megan. This week, we have a 90s, would you call it, a classic? Well. Well, we'll get into that later.
1: Yeah, I was we'll going to say, get into spoiler that. alert for question five. We'll
0: get into that later. Um, the 90s movie. The 90s movie. One, One Fine Day, starring George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer and i remember watching this movie as a kid in when we still lived in new york so watching movie about new york living in new york about pretty much like about kids movie was half about the kids yeah and as a kid i just it was it brought me back watching and i hadn't seen it since then hadn't seen this movie in over 20 years really yeah, this is close a movie, to thirty years.
1: This is a movie that, like, if it's on no. TV, I'll always watch it.
0: It's not thirty years old. <laughs> Over twenty years,
1: to, yeah, twenty five.
0: Yeah, since it since ninety six, I haven't seen this movie.
1: Yeah, I love this movie. I always have loved this movie. I just looked up the um, Rotten Tomatoes score, and we just we just watched. Uh, a look back with Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney talking to each other. And she mentions the Rotten Tomatoes score 51. This movie, I guess, you know, I'm thinking it's coming off the heels of Nora Ephron rom-coms and it wasn't appreciated. And George Clooney, he's a different kind of hero. I know now he's this big, you know, um. He's like a big he's a old school movie star now. Yeah. He's like a huge like sex object. Um like women are your, like if you say like you know George <laughs> Clooney's your celebrity crush like that's not a weird thing. But when this movie came out he wasn't that. He was no. just like one mm. of the characters on ER. Yeah,
0: but they still loved him.
1: No, they didn't. They I didn't... mean they they kind of liked him in ER, but I don't think he was he wasn't huge.
0: He was just talking about another movie he was was he doing Batman at the same time as this?
1: I I don't know. Possibly. I think so. Um but yeah, he was and for for a romance hero, he's kind of weird cuz he kind of acts autistic. You're like he can't look anybody in the eye. Did you notice that? Yeah. that was the first thing I thought. Like, mm, George Clooney has autism.
0: Maybe he does. He might. Like...
1: I mean, we've, we've, my take on autism is it's not as weird as everybody thinks it is. It doesn't make you act like a 10-year-old boy with autism, if you're an adult with autism. Like, yeah. you've kind of grown up knowing how to deal with life with, and knowing yeah. how to seem normal. How to
0: navigate your...
1: yeah. But you do have those lingering things like unable to make eye contact. And he doesn't make eye contact until he's done talking, which is the same thing I do. I can't I can't make eye contact. <laughs> Especially now of,
0: when you're talking I about know. making eye now contact. Now I'm
1: trying really hard. And <laughs> I, about, I have I'll to look try at the, really hard. And I'll look I end at the up screen. staring.
0: I'll look at the screen and help you out.
1: Uh, I can't I, I have to I can't think words <laughs> And look at somebody's eyes at the same time, especially if they have light-colored eyes. Like, brown eyes are fine. Blue eyes, forget it. I have to think and talk and look somewhere else, and then I'll look back.
0: What about black?
1: Yeah, black is black-brown. Dark eyes. Mine are black, that's why.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, having yeah, seen so anyway. this movie as... The last time I seeing this movie, probably about I was ten or eleven years old. yeah, maybe I've seen it, but in between then, probably there's no way I haven't, I just don't remember, yeah, and seeing it as adult mm-hmm. like it hits it like hits you different.
1: I can imagine, because 'cause you're the parent now, yeah. Before you were the problem child, I was not. You I were, a, I wasn't. No, you weren't a problem child, but okay. So, in this movie, it's about two single parents.
0: Do you um, want me to read the synopsis?
1: Yeah, read the synopsis. All
0: right. Melanie Parker, an architect and mother of Sammy and Jack Taylor, a newspaper columnist and father of Maggie, are both divorced. They meet one morning. When overwhelmed Jack is left unexpectedly with Maggie and forgets that Melanie was to take her to school. As a result, both children miss their school field trip and are stuck with the parents. Two adults project their negative stereotypes of ex spouses on each other, but end up needing to rely on one another to watch the children as each must save their job. Humor is added by Sammy's propensity for lodging objects up his nose and Maggie's tendency to wander. That is by John H. Henderson. Henderson. He is an English professor at Auburn University. <laughs> that's from IMDb. So that's basically the gist of the movie and hijinks, hijinks, hijinks.
1: Yeah, it's definitely en- enemies to lovers.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like.
1: And it's a really good one.
0: It is a good one.
1: Um, because because you hmm, you know. <laughs> Hmm. You see them like the synopsis just said. You see, like you see her put all of her preconceived notions about ex-husbands onto him, uh, and then he does the same thing with her. It's
0: oh yes, it's enemies to lovers. It's also like an episode of Twenty Four because they're both having existential crisis, yeah. in their lives, yeah, and then you add in children. Yeah. So it's suspenseful. It's got it's funny. This is a good movie.
1: This movie, I'm gonna, I was just thinking of all the things you said and all the things that I want to say. Like this movie is perfect. This is a perfect <laughs> romantic comedy. Um and if you are studying the structure of storytelling, any kind of storytelling, this is the movie this is on my list now, forevermore, for what to study, what to look at if you want to know how to structure a romantic comedy because the stakes are so high with both of the characters, but but you don't you feel it, but you don't you're not beat over the head with it like she is she is if she succeeds in this um in selling this building to this group of people, this investor I think group, it's a
0: whole complex, yeah
1: um, but if she succeed in in this thing. And they already want her ideas for more. She doesn't know how she's faring because she has, like, a really terrible boss. Um, But if she succeeds, she will make partner or she'll get a real big promotion in her firm, which will allow her to perhaps get a nanny. Because, like, the first shot we see of her is her paying her bills Mm -hmm. and, like, rolling her (laughs) eyes at her bank balance
0: in her (laughs) checkbook register. She was like, she's paying bills with a check? (laughs) You don't have to pay bills anymore. It just does it by itself.
1: <laughs> I pay bills, thank you very much. I click a button on the You phone. don't have to. What do you mean?
0: You have a use auto pay op like option. You just don't want to do that.
1: Oh. You can right. set
0: up with the bank to pay your bills automatically.
1: not our bank. I have to go in and click.
0: You do? Oh. Well our yeah. bank's not that great then. <laughs> um
1: But it's a matter of like click this, look up the payment. I like for some some payment like our auto insurance changes every month by the cent. Yeah. So you know, I look up the payment, and as and, and paying bills got a lot easier after save password. <laughs> <laughs> the save password function on my phone. Yeah. Because I used to not pay bills because I would forget my password like oh, uh, I have to go into USAA I don't know my password for that and I I have I didn't write it down anywhere and then I have to and then I have to change the password and then it'll say you cannot use a previously used password and I only have one password so yeah so built some I would forget to pay bills all the time because it was I, cuz I have no memory
0: well cuz you don't have the mental capacity to go through all those steps. Yes. Like I'll have the capacity tomorrow and then you forget to do it.
1: Yeah. And then I think, oh, I already was there. I already did. All-. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, But now, yeah, now I have safe passwords, So all the bills get paid. And
0: <laughs> um, this is our first Michelle Pfeiffer movie.
1: Yeah. But it's not going. It's going to be our. Our first of two because we're doing another one of her movies next week or next, next movie. in 2 weeks
0: yeah. yeah this is not the first time she's come up though <laughs> i imagine not well cuz our rem- last night we started watching what was the movie with johnny depp
1: dark shadows dark
0: shadows and she's in that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i said how the hell does she still look like that i know <laughs> Because she looked no different than one fight.
1: No, she does she might look, look different. She looks like she has aged just so gracefully yeah. and still is a beautiful
0: And then I ro- 60 year old. We, I brought her up when we were talking about the mirror has two faces.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that what it's called? The with...
1: one with Barbara Streisand?
0: Yeah. And she's like, the guys were all licking their lips at her when she oh, got the makeover. Yeah. And I was like, ew. And then I was watching Avengers Endgame and at the very end, if you haven't seen this, that's on you. At the very end of Tony Stark's at Tony Stark's funeral, Iron Man's funeral, mm-hmm. they're going through all the characters and they go across a it's like that's a pretty that's a pretty older lady. It's like, Oh, that's Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have been fine in that role. Like I would have bought that it was her.
1: Yeah, but she couldn't she couldn't play ugly. She would have been, we would have seen a Michelle Pfeiffer movie if we had found Sweet Liberty anywhere. Yeah. Remember, we were going to watch Sweet Liberty for Fourth it. of July because it's about, oh, that movie is so good. So well, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, if you ever see no, Sweet Liberty on TV, because it's not available for streaming anywhere, watch Sweet Liberty. Here's what we'll do. We'll it's buy a Michelle it. Pfeiffer movie. We'll okay.
0: buy it. Even if we have to buy a DVD off of eBay. Yeah. Could I buy off of Amazon? I still sure have we can... it
1: on VHS somewhere. Yeah, we well, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay.
0: And we'll do it next year.
1: Yeah. Well, she's in that, and she's gorgeous. She's very young, because that's an 80s movie.
0: Well, <clears throat> all right.
1: And she's kind of the same. Like She plays like... I think that's like... Where I came up with the idea that like bitchy women and beautiful women like they just it just goes together. Like you can't be you can't be nice and attractive.
0: Who's the next one that's gonna be older and still look like that? (sighs) Angelina Jolie or she
1: You know what, I don't know because now plastic surgery is so good now.
0: You can't do it. It's like
1: nobody even aged. Like nobody ages anymore. And then we were watching, oh, we were watching *Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet. You weren't. I was watching it with my mom. And it's like, she's not, Kate Winslet is, she's maybe a decade older than me. So she's probably nearing 50.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And she has lines, like, she has forehead lines and creases all over her face. And I was thinking, like, she's beautiful Mm -hmm. for a 50 year old but we don't ever see that face no like and it's just obvious like she hasn't gotten any like anything done to her face and why would you if you're an actor like you need your face to be expressive yeah you need your face to show expression lines and i think expression lines are beautiful um, I think Justine Bateman was just talking about this because she looks. she no looks that is. Very old. She that Jason was Bateman's in... Mom. No. She was in. What was she in? How old is she? Not.
0: She old enough to be. Just, I don't
1: know. Justin Bateman's mom, sister. Justine Bateman.
0: I have no idea who she is.
1: I don't know. I'll look her up. Okay, she has a. She just had an article that came out about. Like, why she looks the way she looks. Oh,
0: what? She's not even close. She's
1: Why she looks the way she looks. And it's basically like, this is what I'm supposed to look like. It's just that everybody else you see on screen has had a lot of plastic surgery. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean...
0: Oh, she's from Rye, New York. That's where my mom's from.
1: If you can... um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't... I don't, like... I don't not condone plastic surgery. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't condone natural aging. But I just think it's interesting Whichever. watching Kate Winslet, who has, like, a face full of lines. And it's like, wow, that's what, Jason, that's what women she, are supposed she, to look like.
0: She's Jason Bateman's sister. She's his sister? Yeah.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: I thought he came from, like, a, a actor family. Hmm. He was on Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Do you know that?
1: No, I didn't watch Little House on the Prairie because I didn't like it.
0: Also, just thought of it. Yeah. Both these main characters are Batman characters. George Clooney's Batman. And... Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Catwoman.
1: I never saw her as Cat... I never saw that Batman.
0: That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Batman I'm sure Returns. she's
1: very good at Batman, Catwoman. Um... <clears throat> Anyway, I think she was always perfect to me when I was growing up. And she's my like, what is that? Like, she's my benchmark person. Like, if she you're is? not as beautiful as Michelle Pfeiffer, you're like, not pretty. All
0: right.
1: And I think that's why I don't like, you like soft faced women.
0: I like Michelle Pfeiffer, though.
1: Yeah. I only think Michelle Pfeiffer is pretty. Well, but what I what I was gonna say nowadays because of Instagram, you have all these like all these young girls who are doing plastic surgery because they all want to look like Kylie Jenner. So what is that gonna be like? Nobody is gonna age at all. They
0: want to look like Kylie Jenner. Yeah, that's so crazy. Because years ago, yeah, when she was married to Lamar Odom.
1: No, that's another Jenner. Are you that's sure? A, yeah, that's.
0: Oh, that's That's Khloe Kardashian. Yes.
1: Never mind. No, Kylie Jenner is the the teen mom that is one of the first billionaires. All
0: right. I was thinking of Khloe Kardashian. They always used to chant ugly sister at him. Yeah, I know. So mean.
1: Well, Kylie Jenner was like 12 when that was happening.
0: Okay. I'm not big on the celebrities. I'm
1: not either, but I I am aware of the fact that, you know, you have the um the Bell Delphines of the world and like everyone is just, like that plumping. Is. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um she's an she's an e-girl. Okay. So she's one of those like I, I just don't get, you know, modern day pinups. Like the idea that like they're all Lolita's, like every there's this whole, like, the whole generation, what's behind us, what's behind the millennials. Gen Z. The whole Gen Z, like, wants to look like hot baby 12-year-olds. Like, that's the thing. And I feel like, I don't know, what's that going to age into? Like, is, there's going to be no aging. It's just women are going to look like aliens in 50 years. Well,
0: maybe Hank's generation, the alphas, will bring it back to... Uh... The 40s or something.
1: Well, I think you're always going to have the 40s as a subculture, but I think his generation will be like, oh, let's just appreciate how we look.
0: I hope so. I hope that's where it goes. Women
1: can have thin lips and still be pretty and not have, like, you know, the gigantified lips like you are a cartoon character. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Uh, What was I going to say? Let's do some, let's do some, uh, questions here we're
1: already into the movie okay we'll
0: do some questions we're not that into the we're just talking about care the actors and actresses <laughs> okay let's we have the shame cards here the shame of life
1: boo the spooky pack well, we're
0: doing the spooky packs it's not so gross
1: no they're pretty gross but at least they're spooky okay spooky and gross i can handle
0: megan is reading them this week i'm answering
1: all right um uh, this is a good one i'll save it for last this is what i deal with (laughs) discuss if you had to bone a monster which one would it be
0: bone a monster which one would it be Uh, i don't know i don't know well since
1: you're straight oh So, so you're not going like characters you're going just archetypes that's oh
0: any um i don't know does glinda count as a witch i don't know i think i can
1: i think i cannot count as a witch so i think you're good okay (laughs) debate oh my answer would be a vampire because they're the most human of the monsters
0: okay i'll go vampire too then
1: yeah uh debate which one player would survive in a slasher movie. One player? Either you or me.
0: Um oh, that's tough. Cause I have better athletic abilities, but you have more of a killer instinct.
1: Yeah. That is tough. I think it depends on the movie. If it's like some kind of psychological thing, I'll just like Slit my own throat and be done with it and win. Yeah,
0: say <laughs> I couldn't do that. Yeah, I. Could. I, would, I would be stupid enough to try to get out of it.
1: No, if it's like a saw your hand off or like deal with this like garbage. I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm I'm cutting to the chase. But if it's like, what what was the question again? Which player would survive in a slasher movie?
0: That's not. Uh, Saw is not a slasher movie because there's no one doing. You're doing the no own slashing. That's like a psychological thrill.
1: I think that still counts. And, uh, there, by slasher no. it means not monster. Like the bad guy is a human who's just on a killing spree.
0: Well then, okay then let's go with that. Like yeah. not Freddy Krueger.
1: Right. No. No. Not supernatural. We'll,
0: we'll go with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Jason.
1: Yeah. I think they're all supernatural, though.
0: I don't think... Jay- Are they?
1: I don't know. I I, don't see, know. I haven't seen these movies because... I don't
0: really watch them either. I would go with me. Okay. Because I could probably... I'm super strong, so...
1: You're super strong. I'm also super strong.
0: Yeah, but not stronger than a dude.
1: True. But I think...
0: And I know he's malnutrition, like...
1: How do you know he's malnourished?
0: Because he lives in the woods. I don't know. He might be actually might be really super nutrition.
1: I think we would both survive. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that drew me to you. You're my partner. (laughs) You're my survival partner in a slasher film. Well, we both we both think we would win the show alone. Or like I would be seriously competitive on the show alone.
0: Oh, I would win. I'm an Eagle Scout
1: yeah but you don't like
0: being alone i don't that's what would make me lose
1: (laughs) and that would make me win
0: yeah but if it was the couples one we would win
1: yes um because i No, we wouldn't because we
0: couldn't we couldn't be away from hank that long
1: yes we could if we were bringing him back a whole lot of college savings money
0: yeah i don't know it would be hard for me
1: no, we would. You do have
0: not spent time away from him. I know, but we would because <laughs> I have. you know what? Because I've
1: I've read a le- enough books. People survive separation from their children when it is going to lead to a better life for their children. That's true. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Discuss a terrifying character who would have been the cutest baby.
0: Uh, terrifying character, cutest baby.
1: (sighs) I have an answer for that. Okay. I'm going to go with... Jack Jack Torrance from The Shining.
0: Because he's just a normal guy.
1: But I feel like... And I know... Okay, so in my head, Jack Nicholson would be a really adorable baby. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I know you can probably look pictures I'm of a, him I'm, up. I'm,
0: I was just going to do that. But
1: in my head, like he's not a real character. So Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance, but then put that one character back as a baby. And I think he would be a really adorable baby. I think they mean, like, I don't know, Elvira as a baby, but like dressed up like Elvira.
0: That would be pretty stinking cute. Uh, I don't see anything. Okay, I'll go. I'll second that. That's fine.
1: (laughs) I have The Shining on my head, in my head, because that's what I'm reading now.
0: All right, I'll go. Quasimodo is not a bad guy, though. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Dilemma: be buried alive or burnt at the stake. Ah, both suck. Well,
0: obviously. Burn at the stake. It's faster. It
1: is faster. And hopefully you inhale smoke, although, you know, um like hot burning
0: smoke is uh, not a great way to die, but At it... least you get to stand up. <laughs> what? At least you get to stand up. Buried alive. You can't stand and then like there's panic sets in and you can't and you're still no burn me.
1: See, I feel like I could I could psychologically psych myself into being buried alive where I just pass away peacefully.
0: No, because you keep have that hope that someone's going to come find you.
1: I know, but that's where I can trick my own head into thinking it's okay. I'm going to die like and I, I would just be okay with it. I feel like I, that I could do that. All right, you know, I I don't want to give people ideas out there, but agree to disagree. Like, don't bury me alive, but
0: I'll I'll get burned at the stake.
1: Um, yeah, but also bar- burned at the stake, and like if people are like you know leering at you and chanting like which, which like that would be kind of thrilling.
0: And I think burned at the stake, you, you probably get to Valhalla that way too.
1: Yes. <laughs> probably <laughs> and I feel like that would you know that would lead to greater solidarity with my like cistern
0: it's just faster
1: yes a lot faster
0: <laughs> I don't believe in Valhalla just to be clear <laughs> is that it? That was the last that's one? it that was the okay. last one alright now that you're all Pumped up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the questions of the movie. What worked and what didn't work for you? You go first.
1: Well, I just said that it's, you know, it's... You said it's perfect. It's the perfect rom-com. Um, I'm going to go with... there. Everything worked. The whole... Like, I loved what she was wearing. I loved, like... Um, Like the women in in uh, Jack is that his name?
0: Yeah, Jack's
1: office who like were chasing after him. Jack
0: Taylor. I almost said Jack Talents. <laughs>
1: and he he didn't like any of them. No. Because like I don't know for I mean probably for work reasons before and then don't he met Melanie. That's yeah. What is- <laughs> then he met Melanie, and then they weren't good enough because he met Melanie, so yeah. that's perfect um, uh, but I think overall, what makes this movie so great is the pacing like mm. just every every line that the characters speak is just perfectly paced like there's no lag in the jokes. The timing is just great, and then i I think um. I don't know if it's the editing or the directing or a combination. It's probably a combination of the two, but just like the pacing, it worked. It's, it's such a fluid movie. There's no scenes. It's like, that shouldn't be in there. And as soon as like you, you know, there's like, it's rapid fire and then you have a moment to breathe. And then Mm -hmm. it's like rapid fire again. It keeps it.
0: (sighs) It's, it's, uh, it's a stand up. That's how stand-up comedy works. Yeah, you bring them up, bring them up, bring them up, bring them up. You have them laughing, and laughing. And you got to give them. You have to give them a break from laughing. Yeah, you have to take a break from laughing. So you have to set. Some, you have to tell a story and set something up. You can't laugh for an hour.
1: Well, that's how all storytelling is. Every, I mean, stand-up comedy is basically just storytelling. Yeah. And that's how that's how novels work, too. You can't just be like going, 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 like even thriller and suspense novels. You need a moment to let the audience, Mm -hmm. you know, catch their
0: breath. That's why you have comedic relief, too, in those movies. What do you mean? You have you. Usually there's some sort of comedic relief in thrillers. Oh, yeah. Just so you can laugh for a second, like, yeah, take a break.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what so, worked for me the, is is the pacing. Is pacing. just it was just perfectly paced.
0: Um I love that every scene was the perfect shot of New York. Yeah. Like if you if you wouldn't know any better, mm-hmm. New York is the cleanest city in the world. <laughs> Which it's not.
1: Except for this. When it rained, like in that scene where she she loses Jack's daughter and she climbs on top of the ca- yep, taxi you cab. you did see all this. You, you don't see it as much as you hear it. You hear the horns mm-hmm. then. But that's great. That's another example of like.
0: How this movie works so well. Yeah,
1: like you don't know. Like that is like New York at less than it's ideal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. What didn't work? I don't know. I complained about like them not being able to get across the city that fast, but maybe you can. Maybe they weren't going that far.
1: Well, and also you imagine—I mean, it's a movie; it's not showing every single second of the day, and they are pretty much all in Midtown.
0: Yeah. So I don't know what didn't work. Something maybe. doesn't work. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> it can't be that. It can't. Maybe it is just really that good
1: no I I think it's okay to say that everything worked for you in a particular movie yeah yeah
0: did anything not work for you no okay alright so what was your favorite part of this movie see this is what happens folks, when we don't have something to rip apart I know <laughs> the episode flies by it's like cause there's nothing to talk about
1: You know what, even I don't, I think Enemies to Lovers as a genre is so overdone. Like, I get why people like it, but then everybody started to like it and it started to get popular. And then every writer decided to, you know,
0: they're going to throw their hat in the ring.
1: Exactly. And then, and then that we were just getting all kinds of Enemies to Lovers that was just like, Uh, I'm going to pull your hair on the playground and then we're going to love each other immediately. Like they're not enemies to lovers. It's like uh, we have to be enemies for the first quarter of the book or the story. So but this is an enemies to lovers that actually works because they have they have psychological reasons why they're enemies. And I'd be pissed, too, if if I was late and my, if I, if this was me, if I was Melanie and Hank was my son in the story, and he didn't get to go on the big circle line boat ride around Manhattan because, because some douchebag forgot to call me and we didn't, we didn't, if we didn't have to wait around for this jerk of a guy's daughter to come get dropped off. Like, I'd be really pissed at him, too. So she has legitimate reasons to be mad. And yeah, and and she just thinks his charm, like he's being charming. So obviously he has to be, he's he gets away with his, you know, what does she say? Uh, you think a modicum of charm uh, makes up for like your lack of character. And that's uh, I don't know. I think that's true for a lot of people. They do think that and it's infuriating. (laughs) So I really like that she had a reason to make him her enemy and the change between the enemies to the lovers. It was I mean, how gradual can it be within a day? But he really does prove himself. He starts to prove that, oh, he's not just this jerk of an ex-husband type archetype and. And he can be reliable. Yeah, and he does want to prove himself too.
0: Uh, so what, that what was your favorite part?
1: Oh, it's <laughs> I. I'm gonna say it's it's the enemies. It's the functional enemies to lovers.
0: So the overarching theme is your favorite part. Yeah. Okay, my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Uh man, there's a lot of good parts in this movie the part i think where where were they they were at grand central station the part with the escalators and you see like how that
1: was at her office at rockefeller center
0: rockefeller center and they're how like up, like diametrically opposed is that the right word mhm she's like the kids like it's fine they're on the escalator <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah that's the point they're <laughs> on the escalator <laughs> uh, yeah Going up like two stories. And how different the 90s were. Yeah. Where that was fine. Yeah. You wouldn't do that today. No. Just because, not that you're afraid of someone snatching your kid, just like, I don't want my kid to be a nuisance to other people. Yeah. (laughs) Really is what I would be concerned about. Yeah. Not so much. Like, no one's going to snatch them. The chance of that happening is so low. Most people, most kids that get snatched get snatched by, like, their parent that's not supposed to snatch them. Yeah. That's not, not supposed to have them. Right. Happens by someone you know. Yeah. And all so many people in New York, if they see a kid getting snatched and screaming, they're not going to let that happen.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, missing persons cases in New York. There right? are.
0: But, again, by someone they know. Yes. If it's out in public and the kid's like, yeah, I don't know you. Someone is going to step in. Yeah. It happens all the time on Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> they fake it and someone always helps. 100% of the time they help. Um,
1: I was just thinking something
0: else. Gosh, we're flying through these. We yeah. Can't, we can't pick movies that we like. <laughs> well, our next episode is going to be long then. Why? Because I don't like it. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was just thinking there was something we were going to do that we don't like.
0: That you like, I don't like.
1: Y- yeah, plus we have to bring in a whole hash of other books to compare. Okay. Well, I will be doing that. I'm just warning you.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's just go. What is your favorite character? Melanie. Melanie. Mine's Jack. Yeah. And why Melanie? I'll let you go
1: um because she I like that she's an architect. So she's not just like you know the worker bee worker woman who has to have
0: this job. That was cool. I she's like <sighs> that's uh, architect is almost like a pro athlete to me. I've never met one. I have. No, I either. have. I've met one. Nick's dad is an architect.
1: Yeah. So you've You just met told one. me that. I've never met Nick Satt.
0: Yes, you have at his wedding. So you have met him. Okay. But you don't know him. I know him. I've yeah. like, gone out to eat and hung out with him. Yeah. So I I know one architect.
1: I've never met an architect. And I think it is a super cool yeah. job. We're
0: raising one.
1: Yes. Because <laughs> you have to be good at art and yeah. science. And math. Uh, well, yeah. like You have to be an engineer, but it's more artistic. Yeah. And I just have this like... really like inflated idea of an architect's personality and they're like just super cool people (laughs) yeah so i i like that she's an architect architect is like a job that just it's just one of those really awesome jobs to me
0: hank loves art he loves like sculpting things and drawing things yeah he loves math yeah he likes science and he loves new york yes you Nork. Unork. Because of the huge buildings. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to like put more architecture stuff around so that he can like okay. be immersed in it.
1: Legos. I mean, Legos is Legos, the best he way. loves
0: Legos. Ugh. Anyway, enough about Hank. <laughs> um,
1: favorite
0: character. Melanie.
1: Okay, so she's an architect, but she also at at one point and and like now she's, you know, she's like the nitpicky mom, but you have to be Mm -hmm. like she's she's right when she says like she has all of these balls up in the air. And if somebody else catches one for her, she'll drop them all. That's that's parenting. I'm not even going to say that's single parenting. That's like Mm -hmm. dual parenting. That's just how parenting is. There's like. So much crap that's going on all the time that if you don't if you don't get this one thing right, then like it's like a jenga block that you're pulling out and the whole thing will topple. I can so, say that
0: about my job too because I'm a PE teacher and a co-athletic director. So me and my co-teacher yeah. are both the athletic director, and. We both have an understanding that when you get on a roll doing something, keep going. We don't hold against the other person like, oh, you didn't do this. Like, no, you got hot. Keep riding the hot hand. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you're in a zone and it's like, hey, get me this information. Like the other one kind of assists and helps the other one who's in the zone stay in the zone. Okay. Okay. And it just works. And I think because we're both athletes, like we both like know how to like some days you're going to have it some days you're not. That's
1: really interesting because I feel like the trend in in the world right now is to just do like Pomodoro timer everything in life. Like not necessarily that you set, you know, the 20 minute po- mm-hmm. tomato timer, but like everything is trending towards you do this for for a set amount of time, and then you drop it, and you move on no and as somebody who needs to be in flow to get mm-hmm. anything done i I appreciate the opposite, like I, if I pomodoro timed my writing, I would never write a thing because yeah. it takes me twenty minutes to get into the state of being able to create
0: something well, and we don't take a lunch break so we can leave on time, yeah, because we do we are doing two jobs right it's too so you need to put an hour or two in somewhere in the day to get that other job done Mm -hmm. so we do it during lunch so we can leave it for yeah and we can't pomodoro that like there's stuff that has to get done and if one of us hits a flow you stay in it and the other one helps them stay in the flow
1: well that's really great that you have a coworker that That you can be that great of a team member with. Yeah. And um, it goes
0: both ways. And yeah. sometimes we're both not in flow, we just don't do anything that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we just take a mental health day from that job. That's when
1: <laughs> that's when you that's when or, you're supposed to do the admin tasks.
0: Or yep, we just slug away at something. Yeah. Just to say we did something.
1: I think for writing wise um other writers if you're listening to this podcast um the sarah cannon she she does the hb90 method
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and she has a class and she basically is like you know what if you have 20 minutes of time you don't fill it with writing you fill it with your admin tasks like you carve out your writing time, but you know, as an author, there's a self published author, especially like there's a gazillion other
0: mm-hmm. other. There's always marketing.
1: Yeah, and like answering emails or looking for you know whatever you're looking. Yeah, research like admin tasks or something that you do when you can't get in flow. Um. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. My favorite character. Is- yeah obviously jack yeah watching it i was laughing at at some point i was like i'm i said i'm watching myself yeah (laughs) this is me and i even like was noticing like george Clooney could totally play me yes we we look related look you look similar (laughs) yeah i was like oh my god this is!" i'm looking at myself in this movie
1: yeah i know
0: and that's how I act. <laughs> that's how that's how I deal with the kids yeah. that I work with. Yeah. I do make eye contact though. <laughs> 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 that's Well, old. he
1: does too after he's done talking. He says his line while looking away and then he looks back to see how it hit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So that's this might be one of my all-time favorite characters like up there with Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> yeah he's a really cool guy <laughs> and I, I like that he's like he starts out in this movie and you think he's just gonna be like this typical you know the typical slacker guy t- typical slacker ex-husband and he's not character. he's not he's just not used to having all the balls up in the air Yeah. so he's thrown this extra ball and things he, get dropped
0: and if he had chance to plan for it it would have been fine yeah he just didn't get a chance to plan for it.
1: Right. And he had to deal with his daughter at the last minute on a very, very busy day.
0: Yep. Jack Taylor, Darth Vader, both great dads. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, his like his sense of humor definitely reminds me of you. Oh my gosh, I and thought the fact, it, that it was just like it was all of about his sense of humor.
0: It, I thought I was watching myself.
1: I know. And my mom said something and I I th- I was thinking it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh how do, So this one is interesting. How do the characters change through the story? I don't think they themselves had to change. Yeah. Their perception of one another changed.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Because they both didn't need... They were both great people. They didn't really need to change. They just yeah. needed to change their attitude towards one another. Yeah. Which happened very quickly. It took one day. Like, not even one day.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I like... I'm going to go back to my favorite character because I said Melanie and then I didn't really quite get to what I wanted to do. Like, she's an architect, so she's real brainy. Um. And, yeah, she's like that... She. Okay, so on the outside, she looks super type A, but I'm going to say she is the, like, she's the archetype for having inattentive ADHD. Like, she has this big bag probably because, not because, like, she has something for every eventuality, but she has something because she forgot it. Yeah. Like, she either forgot it in the past or she knows... Or her son has forgot it in the past. Like, everything seemed to be be based on experience with her. So it's not so much that she is, like, has this forethought. It's just that, like, bad crap has happened to her and now she knows. And we don't get to see that because Mm -hmm. that's the backstory of the character. We don't need to see it. But at the same time, look who she married first. She married a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not an an architect, like, type A mom type of person no. you marry. That's some, somebody, like, somebody who's also... Well, we know she's artistic because she's an architect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, like, that's a real super artsy. And then look at her apartment and how messy it is. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> So and she was complaining that her mom complains and shakes her head every morning that she'd rather go to her sister's house for brunch, and like, so I like that she yeah she doesn't change she's like she, she shows her messiness yeah, and then she like wastes so much time in the bathroom they don't get to make out on the couch and fell
0: asleep also
1: <laughs> that's totally you. also me and the taking too long to get ready is very much
0: me yeah. Um what was i going to say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Not great for a radio show host. Uh, <laughs> podcast, sorry. Um yeah, just really two great characters. The kids were great characters. Yeah. And they play their parts really well. Yeah, they do. Well, the one, she's a still What the hell's her name? I remember her.
1: I remember thinking as kids that they were not very good
0: May May Whitman,
1: and she played Bernice in Hope Floats, which is another movie. I, I hate this movie, Hope Floats. Do you? Yeah, I do. But we'll have to watch it at some point.
0: I feel was she in Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah? No, what the the Michael Sarah movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I think she was in that.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know. I remember thinking when I was a child, like, oh, man, I wish they had said their lines differently. Yeah. And, like, now I know, like, oh, they're kids saying their lines like kids. Like, kids don't say things perfectly. Yeah. And it's not because they're acting it wrong. It's because kids say things weird. hmm
0: Well, th- not, not to veer too far off co- course, that's what that's one of the things I love about the Goonies. Okay. Because they talk, like, like, they talk over each other all the time. Oh. And- that's how kids talk. Okay. It's, it's kind of a, like a subtle, brilliant move by the director. Just let the kids talk. Yeah. And talk, say your lines over each other.
1: I saw the Goonies when I was in, when I was like twenty two, and it was oh, you not missed, the you right missed your chance. It was not the right time to see the Goonies. You missed it because I was just really annoyed.
0: You missed your window.
1: Yeah. But I don't, I've never really liked hanging out with a bunch of kids, so I don't think I ever would have liked the Goonies. So.
0: If you don't get this note right, we'll all be flat. (laughs) She had to play the piano. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry.
1: But yeah, you're right about that. It's not that the characters themselves had to change. It's they had to, you know, open up. Uh-huh. And realize or recognize that the other person isn't so bad.
0: No, yeah. Oh, other favorite part when she made all the costumes. Yeah. And he's like, "Where did we get that bag?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think number five, the answer is pretty obvious to us.
1: Well, okay, and yes, the mo- the number five is: Does this movie stand the test of time? Yes, and it it holds up better today than apparently when it did when it came out. Because this movie is way better than 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. This movie is like, I think it's up there with like, you've got mail. I agree. And I always thought so. But I think I'm really, I'm really glad that. Like it didn't disappoint again, like upon rewatch. I haven't watched it in about five years. So I'm glad it did- didn't disappoint now that I know about, you know, storytelling and important things.
0: This, this should be a movie we watch every year, like the weekend before school starts.
1: Yeah. It's a great, we picked it because
0: it's like Like a fall movie, but yeah, but
1: it's not quite, it's not Leaves Change Fall. It's, it's like, it's right now. Yeah. It's, um, it's September fall.
0: It's that, that, Summer's bitter death grip. I'm going to make it hot, even though it shouldn't be anymore. Yeah. Some people might say it's climate change, but I think it's summer personified. Just jealous that fall is better. (laughs) And winter's even better than that.
1: (laughs) Some would say. Some being me. Yeah. I'm Late fall,
0: early winter's the best.
1: Late fall is the best.
0: Late fall, early winter. I like early winter you, as well. Because you have Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. I know. Like that's the oh that's the best part of the year.
1: <laughs> I know, but it's just so depressing after Christmas.
0: That's why I said early that's after New Year's. I know. That's still Christmas to me.
1: Yeah, it's not like it Christmas, is to me because Christmas season is over on December twenty sixth. No,
0: it's over on after the bowl games because <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge practice Happy New Year! A happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: So after the bowl games, then it's like.
1: Oh. You're supposed to, like, I mean, the old old and and English custom was to celebrate Twelfth Night, which is the Twelfth Night after Christmas.
0: But here's the thing. Yeah. For you, it's over. For me, it's like, Super Bowl. Super Bowl's coming. Yeah. Then it's spring break. I have to
1: wait until September 1st to like anything.
0: See, I have all these little (laughs) built-in landmarks. So I have the holidays, which I love my the most wonderful time of the year. It's not yeah. it's not just a line. Yeah. Then I have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then I have the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. And spring break, and right around spring break, yeah. oh, it's so close to summer vacation. <laughs> so you yeah, see how I, can, I, I can have these built in checkpoints? Yeah. That you don't have. Right. So it, I
1: have I have. Well, it's like it's like my days. It's like I don't fully like all day long. I'm just waiting for nightfall. It's like when will night come? But <laughs> and you, then, and then it like it like whenever the sun goes down. It's like I can live,
0: and you don't have you don't have the those same checkpoints. Way, I have. I
1: know it's the same way. September first. It's like. It's fall. Although. It's like, it might not even be fall feeling yet, but it is time for Halloween. It is time to decorate. And I start feeling it like the last few weeks of August, I start making my pumpkin cookies, pumpkin desserts. And it's like, and then September, it's like in September, I can finally breathe because it's like, there's something to live for.
0: (laughs) Well, some of my checkpoints should be your checkpoints. Like spring break, which means like you're not on Hank duty in the morning.
1: Well, now I have September, February first is Hank's birthday. Yeah, like January is just a bleak time, but and and I appreciate bleak times. I should appreciate it more since I'm such a bleak person, but I just don't. It, like January is just like a time of hardship, and then. February 1st is Hank's birthday. Mm-hmm. So that should be a checkpoint, but I just like ugh, whatever. And then yeah, and then it's March and it's my birthday and and uh, what is that thing called? Spring break.
0: Spring break. Easter.
1: Easter is my least favorite time of year. I I hate yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I, hate I Easter. Hate,
0: I love Easter because of what it represents. Exactly. I but... like
1: going to, I like going to Greek church on Easter. I like going yeah. on Holy Week. I love the hymns of Easter. Um, They're real morbid sounding. And so, you know, if you're like, if you're Catholic or Protestant, like we're Greek Orthodox and our hymns are not your hymns. <laughs> and our Easter is not your Easter. Like pastel <laughs> Easter, I don't like. I like don't red Easter. Yes,
0: I don't either. Like I said, Easter as a holiday, I appreciate the represent like what it represents. Yeah, like if you believe in that, your eternal salvation. So <laughs> right. it's pretty important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but just the commercialization of Easter does not come close to Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is so much fun.
1: I know. I don't. I don't care. Commercialize the world on. I mean, and it is commercialize every last freaking thing. I will buy everything Christmas. Christmas toilet paper. Christmas Kleenex. It's like so. I fun. want everything Christmas. But yeah, that is the only like. But it's the end of the year. Like I don't get into. Like I do not buy anything Easter. I wonder. I don't buy anything... You know.
0: I I wonder if it's because like. Easter, the part of the world where Easter is huge. What do you mean? Like the the Mediterranean, like Greece. Those okay. people didn't need selling on the idea of Christianity. So they really right. didn't, don't really mess with it.
1: Yeah, their culture, well, I mean, you, their culture didn't have separation of church and state, so they had to pay taxes. I think they still have to pay taxes and they get sent to the church.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: no, I, most people in Greece are orthodox. You, like you don't have the like most people here are pretty much atheist or agnostic.
0: And then you go north to the to the Germanic people and the Scandinavians and all those people who Christianity was a tough sell <laughs> at first. And they had to Incorporate Incorporate the, their Yeah. Their thing. Yule. And their things are fun.
1: I know. <laughs> They had to paganize Christianity to make it palatable to the pagans. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) The pagan stuff is fun.
1: Yes, it is. So. And it's like, it's pretty innocuous. Like, you can like a tree filled with candles. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Easter's work for us. It's hard, it's rigorous.
1: It's 30 hours a week of going to church. It
0: is. It's rigorous.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's like...
1: And pretty much, like, yeah, and our Easter, it's like the, you know, like, Christmas is so great because it's like, because the lead up of the holidays, it's like Halloween is so much fun. Mm-hmm. And then...
0: Thanksgiving. And there's... then
1: there's Thanksgiving where the family gets together. And football. it's like warmish, And there's, yeah, there's football. And then, like, Christmas is just like... Poof, it blows up, and that's like the ultimate. And then <laughs>
0: It like, crescendo to Christmas, <laughs> it, and that's it the does. final, f- the grand finale of the Fourth of July. It's the fireworks. Grand,
1: it's the grand finale <laughs> of the year. And then, but then our our Easter, like there is no grand. Our grand finale is the fact that you get to eat margaritas after church on Saturday, which is
0: <laughs> sweetbread soup. And if you don't know what sweetbread is, it's like <laughs> the what the it's like. What is that thing? thymus gland?: It's a the, the thymus lamb. gland of a of a sheep
1: yeah well, it's it's, like it's all the, it's all the awful of a sheep:
0: It's disgusting i I don't know like, I don't My church the- used to buy the kids' pizza. <laughs> yeah, I never went to
1: a church like that, but we also, like, lived four hours away from church, so we never stayed for that. But anyway, the the grand finale of our Easter is not like the egg hunt. Now uh-uh. they do that.
0: Now they do it.
1: But um, it was never the egg hunt. It's like the fact that you don't have to go to church anymore. It's like, oh, I can finally just, like, eat food uh-huh. and not go to church in the week, like, all week. And it's,
0: it's not just a week that's rigorous. If you take it serious... It's a whole forty it's days. It's forty up to days it. of like eating lentil soup, <laughs> bread, and you know. I always say I'm going to do it. Last year, I wasn't bad about it. I didn't do it the whole time, but I didn't complain. I didn't.
1: Yeah, well, you have issues with like fasting and doing what you're technically supposed to do, according to what men say that are not biblical. What? <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into this more next week when we talk about rule following. But you're a big rule follower. I'm a huge
0: rule follower. I am
1: a big... Well, let's look at the rules and see if they actually make sense. Nope. You don't like to do that. Nope. Because you get, like, kind of scared. <laughs> um, I And I don't blindly get rid of any rule. Like I just have – the rules have to make sense to me and I have to know the history behind the rules to know if they're worthy of being broken. Most <laughs> of the time they are. <laughs> um, but you you don't like any rules being broken. If it's a rule, you're going to follow it. and uh,
0: yeah. yeah. If it's a rule, follow. If you don't like it, change it. So there's
1: nothing about um, – Yeah, but when it comes to church, like, those rules are really hard to change, especially in the Greek Orthodox religion, because it's not like we just have, like, a pope who can willy-nilly change the rules based on how he sees it. We have a a council that was disbanded in, like, the 1200s, and, like, no rules have been changed (laughs) since then. And they weren't necessarily based on the Bible. They were based on what these seven men or however many men who met like decided to.
0: Was that Nicaea? Is that then? Yeah. Yeah. Was that council of Nicaea? Yeah. All so right.
1: that's what I mean.
0: I, I think we're done. <laughs> I... <laughs> Huge tangent. Uh, if you've gotten this far, you're, you're probably into what we're saying. So appreciate it. Um, next week. It's going to be interesting. So tune in. Next week is Priest with Sierra Simone. No, by Sierra Simone. She's not going to be on the show. True. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Everyone have a great week. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.